said praise the Lord. Praise you have a Bible tonight? I'd like to turn your attention to the book of 2 John. 2 John. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. In Second John, I'm reading verse 4. I rejoiced greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth, as we have received a commandment from the Father or from the Spirit. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Praise Notice the phrase, walking or children walking in truth. Everybody said, hallelujah. hallelujah. All right. And I would also like to turn your attention to the book of Psalms. Psalm 77, verse 12, Psalm 77 and verse 12, I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. While we're in Psalms, let me turn your attention to Psalm 145 and 11. 145 and 11. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right, you can be seated. God bless you. I would like to try to minister for a little bit tonight on talking and walking in the truth. Your Bible makes it very clear that there are those that are unruly and they're vain talkers. They just talk about things that have no value, or as was said tonight, eternal, eternal value. Or they talk about things that don't matter. And the scripture referred to it as vain, vain talk. Uh, you know, when a child is getting to the place where they begin to utter some sounds, it's not much there that makes sense. There's not words. There's not anything that's understandable. And you might say it's kind of vain. It's just, what do we say? Blah, blah. Just I knew one man that one time had his, uh, on his phone, it was his mother-in-law, and whenever she called it, rang and said, blah, blah. Blah, blah. So, you know, 
Sometimes that's all it is, just blah, blah. <laughs> and and uh, so it's, um, the Bible talked about those that uh, talk foolishly. Uses that phraseology also. And uh, that's pretty self-explanatory that their talk is just foolish, just foolish. And um, I would almost say that a child's blah, blah is more catching for a mother or a dad than foolish talking, you know. And um, so we don't want vain talking, as Titus 1 and 10 said. And it actually said it like this, for there are many unruly, puts that adjective there, and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the group that say they're saved. <laughs> and so, again, we want to beware of things that are a waste of our time. And believe me, time is running out. We were talking about um, something came up about Toby Mack, and he's getting kind of old, and uh, his family's growing, and, and we were saying, yeah, because, you know, our kids were little when Toby Mack was on the, on the rise on the radio and everything on the gospel station, and, and I started going, time is ticking away. <laughs> Boy, that was an old one he sang, you know, time, but time is ticking away. It's tick, tick, ticking away. And uh, so we don't have any time for vain things and foolish things, do we? We don't have time for getting caught up in deception. Too many things that are important, too many things that are needing to be given attendance to. The Bible used that word attendance and about getting about the service of God, attending to the things that appertain to our God. I want to draw your attention to what very, very plainly written in 1 Samuel 2 and 3, he also said, don't speak proudly, so proudly anymore. Don't do that. Don't do that. We're, we're just not anybody in the big, grand scheme of God's plans. We're pretty small. And uh, it just doesn't pay for us to get proud. One old-time preacher said, when the Bible said that God was going to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh, he said, all except proud flesh. <laughs> well, I think he's pretty right about that. He's pretty right about that. They had one lady that she was considered herself to be a little bit of an upper crust, uh, a little bit of a sophisticate, and she said that she wasn't going to do that, meaning she wasn't going to raise her hands, even though the Bible says it and tells you to lift your heart with your hands unto the Lord and that I will lift up my hands 
unto the Lord, praise and worship and surrender. And she said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And she said, I'm not going to do that, that dance stuff. You know, I'm not showing the kind of dance that she won't do is that kind, you know, when you're when you're being suggestive. When you're going to get yourself in trouble. And uh, but she wasn't going to do that dance to the Lord. And uh, because it wasn't going to have any permissiveness attached to it, you know. And uh, we got a guy that comes to church sometimes in Belgrade, and uh, we labeled him Brother Dance. And uh, he he just tries to put on all kinds of moves, and we just kind of giggle and laugh. Our young people just about roar with laughter, and uh, uh, and then they get good and embarrassed, and uh, we tolerate him. We tolerate him, but I always love it. When the power of God sweeps through the sanctuary, he shuts down. He don't know what to do with himself. He stands there, you know. And, and I told one of the guys one time up on the, on the rostrum, it was about four of them getting ready to run. And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll buy dinner for the first guy that pancakes him. Just flatten him. He gets in your, just flatten him if he gets in your way. And dinner's on me. Oh, brother. But I've seen different ones, and they'd shout, and they'd rejoice, and they'd love the Lord, and he would just shrink. Talk about a shrinking violet. He would shrink, friend. And, and he, he, he'd go get in the pew, and he'd just stay there. He didn't want to be out in the aisle anymore. He didn't, want to, he didn't want the real thing. He just wanted the human spirit thing. And he wanted to try to put on his, his little jig, you know, his practiced, choreographed move. That's not the dance in the spirit that the Bible teaches, okay? Not at all. People want to do things under their own steam and their own spirit. And that and God's power is two very different things. And the writer said, I will speak of thy power. I will talk of thy power. I'll talk of your wondrous glory. I'll talk about you calming the, the stormy seas and, and the wind and the waves. I'll, I'll talk about how you do that, God. How you make those cancers disappear. How you open those blind eyes. I'll talk about that, God. I'll tell them about your power. That's what I'll do. Woo! Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Talk about how you change lives. How you get rid of doubt and darkness and bring in the light. How you straighten out the crooked, smooth out the rough. Somebody times some somebody will say, "Man, that guy's smooth." Well, you want smooth? You get in the Holy Ghost. You get God working in your life, and all them humps and bumps and problems you have, and all those difficulties and all those walls you keep running into, God can smooth that out. You want to be that kind of smooth? You hear me? And He can take the crooked and make it straight. Everything that's just going every kind of zigzaggy way, God can straighten it out, friend. He can straighten it out. He's a great God. He can take the most messed up, contradictory life, and He can make sense out of it all because that's the kind of God we serve. And I'll speak of that power. I will speak of the Holy Ghost and power that will come into a heart that is willing to lift its hands and praise Him, magnify Him, and love Him, worship Him. Give him glory. So, so this woman, this sophisticate, this upper crust, she thought. She said, I'm not doing none of that. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dance and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lift my hands and nah, I'm not gonna do none of that stuff. But I'm gonna get the Holy Ghost. She said that. I'm gonna get the Holy Ghost, but I'm not doing all of that. <laughs> and uh so, you know, my wife constantly says, and she's here tonight, and she, you know, she's sitting over there quietly, but um, she has often said to me, God has a sense of humor. And you know what God did to that sophisticated, so-called sophisticated woman? He filled her with the Holy Ghost on Main Street. He got her right out there in the front of a bunch of lost people who don't know anything. And right then and there, he filled her with the baptism. She shouted. She danced. She spoke in tongues. She glorified God all over Main Street, friend. Let me tell you, my God's in control. And yes, he does have a good sense of humor. He's a great God, and he's a powerful God. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. And he's wonderful. And he's the Counselor. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. I'm talking to you about, about talking and walking. Talking of his power. Talking of his glory. Talking of the great things that, that he has done and, and continues to do. And how that we want to we share that with everybody. We want people to know that what all the Lord has done. You know, when my wife got the Holy Ghost, the preacher was blind. Not spiritually, by no means. But he was physically blind. And um, I'd seen him walk from one side of a parking lot to another. And, and he'd get to where the steps were, and he'd stop and turn around and go the other way. I don't know how he did that, but he always knew where the step was. And he, he never tripped, but he'd be marching, and he'd be praying outside, going across that parking lot, and he'd get to those steps, turn around, and go back the other way. So this Sunday morning, and everything was brand new to us, I'd had the Holy Ghost about two months, and um, my wife had, at that time, about eight months with child, and um, so the baby was born, I believe it was February 19th, and uh, seven days later, on a Sunday morning, we were in church, and she had the baby. And the preacher's up there on the platform, and he's the evangelist. He's visiting. He doesn't know anybody, but he knows God. And he steps to the platform and to the podium and to the mic, and he says, all right. He had a way of talking like that. All right. He said, there's a woman out there. And he said, you want the Holy Ghost. He said, if you'll come up here right now, he said, God will give you the Holy Ghost. So she looked at me. She looked at her mother. Which way to go with the baby? And I, I think maybe she gave the baby to her mother. I can't remember right now. But um, she marched up there. And that was a, quite a feat for her because she was actually, some of you are going to find this hard to believe, but she was actually very timid and very shy. And uh, she went up there and made that long walk up that aisle. People sitting on both sides, place packed out. She walked up the stairs to the platform. She walked over there to the preacher, and the preacher put his hand out, and that's what he would do because I told you he was blind. He'd, put his, he'd take you by the hand to make a point of contact and also to know where your head was. And he just put that big hand down on her head and began to pray for her, and she began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gave it the utterance. And he said, okay, you're done. Thank you. And so she went back down, got the baby back, went on at church. Church was all over. Sunday afternoon, 
And we went back. We were staying with some people that were in the church that had witnessed to us in the very beginning. And they were helping us out by having us stay with them. And uh, so I, 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 she got her settled at the house, and I, I went uh, around between the yards to an apartment because there was a guy that um, I went to college with, and I knew him pretty well. And, and uh, I didn't invite him to church many a time because he lived in that apartment back there. And uh, so, you know, Sunday afternoon, and I want to get him to come Sunday night. And I'd been after him and after him. He kept telling me he's going to come. And I tell him how great the services were. And I'd talk about the, the power of God and the wonder of God and the glory of God. And I'd just tell him all these different things. And so I went over there and knocked on the door and, and I talked to him for a little while. And he assured me he was going to come this night. And I said, okay, that's great, man. And so um, I, uh, I'm coming back to the house and I'm passing the window of the bedroom that we were staying in, in the back of the house. And I hear this, ee, ee, ee. So I ran around the front of the house, and I didn't have my key, and the door was locked. And so I knocked on the window where the master bedroom was in the front. And the brother, I said, let me in, let me in. I said, I think there's a mouse in the house. And he said, no, brother. He said, that's your wife getting the Holy Ghost all over again. And I said, oh. So he opened the door and let me in. He said, she shouted through the whole house. He said she shouted with her eyes closed all around the living room, all around the furniture, all around the glass table. Never touched a thing. Eyes shut. Just shouting all over the place, dancing all over the place. And when I finally got in the house and got back to the bedroom, she was flopped on the bed, exhausted. And uh, so when I talked to her about it later, I said, what happened? And she said, well, she said everybody gets the Holy Ghost and they shout and they dance all over the place. She said... I, I didn't get to do that. She said, he just said, okay, you can go down. <laughs> that was it. She said, so I told God I wanted to shout and dance and go all over the place. <laughs> so, so the mystery of ee, ee was solved very quickly for me. <laughs> I found out it wasn't a mouse. I was to come later. But anyway, 45 years of marriage, and she still does ee, ee over the mouse. She does not like mice. Anyway, everybody said, praise the Lord. I, uh, it is a great thrill to uh, birth a child and then see that child get to the place where it can talk. I know that of children that their first words were one God. That's what they said. And uh, what a great thrill that is to hear that. And then when that child begins to stop crawling and it begins to get up and starts to take those first steps and pretty soon they're they're running they're walking they're running and uh in third john now you got to get the setting this is the apostle john this is john the revelator this is john who was young when he was chosen by jesus as one of the twelve and who sat at meat with Jesus and the apostles and rested his head on Jesus. It's considered that his, he was probably fatherless and he was young and, and that Jesus paid a little more attention to him and was a little more fatherly towards him and took him under his wing. And that's why when they all wanted, were feeling the spirit of betrayal and being a traitor, that's why big, burly, 
Peter. And everybody was saying, is it I? Is it I? Is it I? Because the flu was just everywhere, and they were feeling the effects of it. And they were just, it was a miserable feeling. And so finally, Peter said, and so John is like, Peter is like, so John finally laying on Jesus, he said, who is it, Lord? Who's going to betray you? And Jesus answered and said, it's him to whom I give the sop or the best part of the meal, the fat that's dripping with the juices and uh, the bread dipped in there. And that's the one. And so this is John, the, the apostle, writing to the church. And he uses his own unique lingo. John always had a way of doing that. And if you don't think so, read Revelation. <laughs> There's a lot of very unique lingo there. It's a language all of its own, different from the rest of the Bible. And so he says here, as he writes to the elder unto the, uh, as the elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. And he said, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul or thy life prospereth. He said, for I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. Verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Now, you're talking about talking? That's not hard. That's really not hard. You know, children, you know, they're born screaming. They get a little help with that, you know, pop and they scream and clears the lungs, I understand, gets any mucus or whatever out of the way, and, and uh, that's all good. And, and sound is there. And, before you, and they've been hearing sound the whole time in the womb. And, and, uh, and so there's some things there that they're familiar with. And it isn't long till they're, their little jibber-jabber and, and blah-blah begins to come in words. And they're, they're talking. They're talking. And then it's not too long with a little help and a little coaching, a little maturity, they're walking. And that walking stuff, you know, that takes a little bit more because you got to get that thing called balance going. You know, otherwise that child's going to find out how hard that concrete floor is. And then they're going to scream and have a bump and all that kind of junk, you know, and you're and then you're going to be screaming because <laughs> you're going to be so worried, you know, and uh, and then you'll be worried that they're going to run out in the middle of the road or or get behind you when you're trying to do something. And so that that walking stuff, it, it, it seems to have a little more oomph to it, a little more significance to it. And I'm going to tell you. That lots of people can talk. Lots of people can talk. And some of the talk is vain. Some of the talk is unruly. Some of the talk is a waste of time and foolish. But if we can get our talk to be of God's power, if we can narrow down our talk to being more about something that matters, something that really counts, 
something that is not a waste of breath and time and, and all of that. But how much more that people can see, as John said, that you're walking in the truth. You're not just talking it, but you're walking it. What a rejoicing that is. That you're really living the life. You know? You're living the life. You're living the Holy Ghost life. You're living the smooth life. You're living the straight life. You're living the happy life. You're living the overcoming life. Good Bible word there. Overcoming life. The victorious life. Another good Bible word. I was trying to sing for somebody today. Victory, victory shall be mine. Right? You know, Michael, the archangel, must have known that course well in advance because the Bible said that when Satan wanted to rumble over the body of Moses, uh, that Michael, he durst not, he dared not to bring a railing. That's, a, that's just a, you know, you get with it. That's a litigator. <laughs> that's somebody that just, whoo, sending it out, machine gun fire, all those words and all those phrases. But, and he had so much he could have said to that snake Satan. But Michael the archangel, he durst not bring railing accusation. Rather, he just said, the Lord rebuke thee. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about people that they know how to talk, but most especially they know how to walk. They know how to put it into action properly. I uh, tell on myself how that I, I went to... Uh, what do you call that thing? I met with a lawyer. Um, anyway, whatever it is, you know, where you had to mediate, the mediator. And, uh, you know, I went with the mediator. Jesus is my mediator. And uh, I had him with me, but um, I'm afraid I popped open my mouth. And uh, when I did, I think my mediator sat down. <laughs> he said, okay, you want to handle it? Go ahead, you know. And uh, I only, five words is about all I said. But um, I... Uh, I confess to you, I wanted to tip the table over. I wanted to have a whip. I wanted to get with it. And, uh, but, you know, I had, to, I had to shut myself down and realize that I durst not bring Rayleigh an accusation. What all Michael could have said and what all I could have said that day. But I had to, I had to shut it down, and I, re, I, I just rebuked myself. I said, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And yet he opened not his mouth. And it made me weep. And I, and I told the Lord how sorry I was that I, I just didn't hold it up like I should have, you know. And I, I just apologized for letting them push my buttons with falsehood and vain talking and foolish talking and lies. And I let them push my buttons. And I was upset with myself for being so vulnerable to that. And can you imagine how Michael felt when Satan was just rubbing it in his face? And yet he had, he had that walk about him. He just said, the Lord rebuke thee. I'm not going to lower myself to be like you, Satan. I'm not going to mix words with you. I'm not going to rumble with you, boy. You just, you just know that the Lord rebuke thee. And to have the right response in the moment, you know, and to actually 
over a period of time in growing in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Children go through lots of falling downs and getting ups. They, they do a lot of tripping over themselves and falling into walls and falling off of chairs and falling downstairs and all kinds of things that build up experiences in their, in their life. And a lot of those things happen when they're young. But you know, after a while, there's a balance and there's a maturity that comes. And there's a, a practiced uh, knowledge of environment that they begin to employ. And they begin to realize, oh, I've got to watch for that. Oh, don't, don't, don't miss that step. And uh, you've been down that one before, you know. And it gets logged in the old computer-like brain, you know. And uh, I am saying to you that there's also a subjection to authority. And uh, I know that a man told one time how that he'd raised his child to hear that sound and the child would stop and what? You know, that was the signal. And uh, he saved that child from getting run over by a car one day because the child ran across and was about to go into the road. And he popped his finger. And when he did, that child stopped straight and looked. And that kept him from getting run over by that vehicle. And that signal. And for you and I, as we grow in grace and knowledge and add to our talking, we add some walking. And as we do that, that we are able to avoid some very costly mistakes, even things that could cost us our lives, and that we are able to, people are able to see the light in our lives, and that they begin to say, that's not somebody like the others that just talks. That's somebody that lives it. That's somebody that really has it. You know, people are watching. People are looking. And, and their souls hang in the balance, very possibly, by what you're doing every day and what they're seeing you do every day. And like I said, there's a lot of people that can, you know, they'll recognize something, or all of a sudden they'll clean up their language or they'll watch what they say and, you know. But uh, it's a little different thing when, when somebody's walking it. And the writer said, he had no greater joy than to hear that the children, the Holy Ghost children, the born-again sons and daughters of God, that they were walking in the truth. They're not walking in falsehood. They're not walking in deception. They're not walking in self-will. They're, they're not despising dignitaries or those that are in authority. They're not walking, even the Bible said, after their own lusts. Not at all. But they're walking in the Spirit. And that the Bible said, you know, about him, Jesus, about walking in the light as he, Jesus, is in the light. And it teaches us that we can have a blood-washed fellowship. I don't want fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. I want fellowship with blood-washed people. Holy Ghost people, baptized in Jesus' name people, people that are walking 
with the right spirit, the right attitude. They don't have hatred, you know. There's, what did, what did the, the group say to Peter? Thy speech betrayeth thee. I believe it actually said it in the old Elizabethan way, thy speech bereath thee, but it means betrayeth thee. That what he was saying and, and how his body language was and the way he was acting, it was, it was giving away some things. It was signaling some things. And, man, I want to send out the right signals. I want people to know. I've had people say to me, you're a preacher, aren't you? And I say, yeah, how could you tell? I said, well, I, I could tell about you. You're, you're a preacher. And I said, well, that's good. I'm glad you feel that way. I'm glad you see that. I'm glad that that's there because I am. <laughs> that's who I am. I, they'll tell, I had a man here in Publix not too many, maybe last Tuesday, and um, he was behind me online, and all of a sudden he started talking to me. I had no idea who he was. And um, he started talking to me. He started talking about how sharp I was dressed. And I just had on a jacket and a pair of pants. I, I didn't even have a tie on at the time. And I said, oh, this is me. This is, this is me. This is how I, I am. This is it. You boys will tell you I go out on the building and go to work. I'm in a suit. <laughs> That's just me. That's how I am. You know? And there are things about us that, that people get to see day in and day out. Or people that we meet even perchance. To us it seems like perchance. But we get to cross paths with somebody. And it may be the only time. It may be, we may be that one-shot deal with them. Think about that. And then we'll wonder, gee, did I say it right? Did I walk it right? Did I, did I let my light so shine in a manner that this person picked up that there was truly something different and real and genuine about what I've got and who I represent? And, the, and here's John facing the craggy island where they're going to ship him off to because they tried to boil him in oil and it didn't work. You know, the Lord just has a way of showing who's in control and who has the power. Yeah. And uh, they tried to boil John in oil and it didn't work. So they, what are we going to do with this guy? So they said, we're going to put him on an island, Patmos. And there's nothing there. There's very little vegetation. It's hot. And there's lots of crazy creatures there and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And Tom killed a snake today and a man came running. Oh, don't kill a snake. Don't kill a snake. And we're like, what do you mean don't kill a snake? He said, well, that, 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 that. And I said, you want it? Take it. I said, matter of fact, down in the Everglades, there's a whole bunch of them. Burmese pythons. Go get all you want, pal. Take my share. I don't want nothing to do with them. You know, I don't want anything to do with them. Nothing at all. Well, I'm simply saying that, that uh, people can get involved and care about some of the most ridiculous things and overlook the important things. And I want to help them to see what's important. I want to let that light shine. I want to not only talk it, I want to walk it. I want them to see that for X number of years, you know, they watched you go to church, you know, not just once a week, more like four or five times a week. The doors are open and you're there. And when they come in, I want them to see that I'm right in there with my hands up and I'm worshiping my God. I want them to see that I'm trying to sing and not run everybody off. And I want them to see that I'm jumping up and down and that I'm clapping my hands and that I'm, I'm just involved with worship the way the Bible teaches, okay?
the way the Bible teaches. You can get your own ideas about things, but in a lot of times that's a million miles away from how God thinks about it. All right? Everybody said praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. All right. So God has his way, and that's the way I want to walk, his way. Matter of fact, he said he is the way. So I want to walk his way. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. Let's stand together. Let's give the old elder sent out to the craggy island of Patmos, exiled. They just wanted to get him out of the way because he kept preaching Acts 2.38, John 3.5, one God, holiness and godliness. He kept bringing that to the people. And they said, we got to get this dude out of here. So we're going to isolate him. We're going to cut him off from everybody. And what did they do? They brought the world the book of Revelation. Thank you very much. What you mean for bad, God said, I'm going to turn it to good. And old John rejoiced and said, well, I thought this was going to be a terrible vacation at the island of Patmos. And it, what it turned out to be, whoop, I got to see it all in Technicolor before they ever invented Technicolor. My God showed it to me, friend. Oh, I want you to know it. And I'll prove it. He said he saw a great wonder in heaven. It was a great red dragon. He saw it in color. <laughs> he saw it in color. Yes, he did. He saw the colors of the rainbow. He saw the colors around the throne of the one who's the one who sat on the throne. Oh, man, God's not boring. As the song said, God's not dead. He's surely alive. He's in me roaring like a lion. <laughs> Everybody say praise the Lord. Let's take a moment. Lift our hearts with our hands. Why don't we begin to make our way to the front? Everybody's invited. It's family prayer time. Come and join us. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. But I hope you'll do what God wants you to do.